Welcome to the Real Truth Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Lambert. In an hour when deception and apostasy is rampant on earth, the need for proclaiming the real truth has never been more desperate. Jesus prophesied, an hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For such people, the Father seeks to be his worshipers. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Proclaiming the real truth of the written and rhema prophetic word of God that he is revealing in this hour concerning the church Jesus is building is our goal. Affecting real change in the hearts and minds of believers in Christ in order to fulfill the purposes and plans of God is our purpose. In this final segment of this series, I want to do my best to top it off with sort of an overview of where we are today in America after more than a hundred years of warning after warning of the intents and designs of the enemies of democracy and the financial system, if you will, that of necessity must accompany and undergird any free society that is to endure, namely a system of free capitalism, the intents and designs of the enemies of democracy who are fixated on the utter destruction and annihilation of this, the greatest nation to ever exist in human history. Comprising the big picture of the current state of the Union, along with whatever forces and entities that exist dedicated to the preservation of our democratic republic, there are now extant more organizations absolutely dedicated to the demolition of the democratic substructure of the nation contemporaneous with the complete socialization and Marxization of the nation than there have ever been in the history of this nation. Literally thousands of so-called social and racial justice and human rights and advocacy organizations, groups, networks exist, most of which are nothing more than front organizations for the promotion and proliferation of socialism and communism in every segment of American society. Of course, from 2008 to 2016, those community-organizing front organizations were successful in bringing about the installation of the first president of African or alien descent who cannot be rightfully called African-American or any other hyphenated heritage because he never was able to present to the American people a legitimate, undoctored, legal birth certificate proving that he was American by birth. Article 2 of the Constitution states unambiguously 
that to be qualified to hold the office of President of the United States, a person must be a natural-born citizen. The man who was sworn in as President as Barack Hussein Obama on January 20, 2009, has never, not before or since, proven that he was indeed a natural-born citizen of the United States of America, meaning born on the soil of this nation. Nevertheless, the powers that be, namely the officials of the Democratic Party who hold the legal responsibility under penalty of law to certify the eligibility of the candidates it puts forth for election to the highest office of our land, did indeed represent the eligibility of Barack Obama in the election of 2008. Knowing full well he was not eligible and had not presented any verifiable evidence of his birth on American soil. Thus, the entire Democratic Party is complicit in the very first presidential hoax ever perpetrated upon the American people, and indeed the top officials of the party should have long ago been convicted of the plethora of crimes associated with these illegal acts in violation of federal laws, and should be serving their time in federal penitentiaries as opposed to holding elected positions in our federal government, such as the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, and current presidential candidate, Joe Biden. Ironically, in the current election, the person the current Democratic Party has chosen as his running mate, Kamala Harris, has a similar problem regarding her eligibility for the office of vice president relative to being the next in line should the president-elect Joe Biden, be unable to carry out the duties of the office, also has not shown evidence that she is a natural-born citizen by the legal definition in that the birth certificate she has put forth states that her biological father was at the time of Kamala's birth a Jamaican citizen, which makes him a British citizen and identifies her mother as being Indian, meaning that neither Kamala's father nor her mother were American citizens, which means that Kamala was not a natural-born American with parents of American citizenship. Kamala Harris is also ineligible to hold either office of the executive branch of the nation. Nevertheless, the Democratic Party and official papers that must be filed with the federal government have certified that Kamala Harris is qualified for the office of vice president on the Democratic Party platform. Again, it's a lie and those officials have all committed numerous federal crimes prima facie. But once again, the entire Democratic Party apparatus, the bastion of socialism and communism, and the utter destruction of America, 
doesn't care what crimes they commit or what laws they break in their Bolshevik-like march toward ultimate seizing of power over the nation. The likes of Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, Tom Perez, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, Steny Hoyer, James Clyburn, Adam Schiff, Gerald Nadler, and company just flat out don't care. Then, in addition to the outright anarchy of the Democratic Party, which have earned the nickname of the Democrats, we have the equally dastardly issue of the anarchy, chaos, unrest, hatred, division, violence, and utter deception being churned up in the fabric of the nation by the blatant Bolshevik-like activities of the many Marxist organizations operating in the nation with the intent to transform America into a Marxist nanny state. None is worse than the diabolical and even satanic activities of the so-called Black Lives Matter organization and the umbrella organization to which it is central, the Black Lives Matter Global Network, which in a 2016 article purported to be a coalition of 42 chapters. BLM describes the organization as a global organization in the U.S., U.K., and Canada, whose mission is to eradicate white supremacy and build local power to intervene in violence inflicted on black communities by the state and vigilantes. They say, quote, Black Lives Matter, which they market under the hashtag, hashtag Black Lives Matter, was founded in 2013. The acquittal of George Zimmerman in 2013 of the charge of second-degree murder in the death of Trayvon Martin, a 17-year-old black teenager in Sanford, Florida, BLM cites as the original atrocity of social injustice that triggered the organization's founding. The BLM website continues the description of who they are with a self-serving attempt to make their goals sound righteous and noble and to make their reach sound exceedingly more expansive than what it really is, stating, quote, We are expansive. We are a collective of liberators who believe in an inclusive and spacious movement. We also believe in order to win and bring as many people with us along the way, we must move beyond the narrow nationalism that is all too prevalent in black communities. We must ensure we are building a movement that brings all of us to the front, end quote. What they are derogatorily referring to in their evoking of the phrase, quote, narrow nationalism that is all too prevalent in black communities, end quote, is the indefatigable allegiance, national pride, and indivisible unity most Americans hold in their hearts regarding the greatest nation ever to exist in human history, whose greatness is predicated on the very inclusive, expansive, and spaciousness that these black 
supremacists constantly deride and decry as non-existent in America. Their baseless assertion about it being all too prevalent in black communities is their attempt to indoctrinate the minds of black Americans to the totalitarianism of Marxism vis-a-vis the freedoms all Americans willing to live their lives within the bounds of the law and the requirements of the capitalism-based system to which all citizens enjoy equal access and opportunity in the pursuit of happiness. All this inane and nonsensical rhetoric is nothing but naked agitprop, and these deceived agitators depend upon the mindless and base ignorance and lack of clear-headed thinking of duped members of the black communities of the nation, who the nation as a nation, for more than a hundred years, have exceeded every means and measure that could be reasonably expected to respect, support, assist, empower, and regard with absolute equality. When BLM self-righteously states, quote, we are a collective of liberators, end quote, they are knowingly and shamefully propagating deception of the highest order in that nothing of their agenda and operations is at all related in any way to any form or degree of liberation, but rather the destructive bondage that ignorance or lack of knowledge, as the Word of God states in Hosea 4.6, inures to those who suffer from it. Jesus Christ himself is the only liberator, and he said that it is the truth that emanates from him and his word that we know that sets us free. The lies and deception promulgated by BLM and the hundreds of Marxist front organizations like it only has the capacity and capability of bringing every single adherent to their deceiving rhetoric and false gospel under the interminable, utterly destructive bondage that Satan, the arch-adversary of all mankind alike, affords every person who is so stupid as to fall for and accept his utter lies and deception. Jesus said Satan was a liar from the beginning and ascribed unto him the appellation of the father of lies. That's what he is, what he has always been, and what he will always be. The devil is the ultimate source of all deception. You're listening to The Real Truth Podcast. Other episodes of the podcast can be found at realtruthradio.com. But wait, there's more. BLM goes on in their self-deception to openly declare to the world that their quote-unquote expansive circle encompasses, in particular, every kind of immorality, lawlessness, rebelliousness, 
and blasphemous affront unto God, our Creator, known to mankind under the banner of being all-inclusive, but with one qualification, you must be black, which in itself demonstrates their own racial bias, black supremacy, and divisiveness they claim to oppose, stating, quote, we affirm the lives of black, queer, and trans folks, disabled folks, undocumented folks, folks with records, women, and all black lives along the gender spectrum. Our network centers on those who have been marginalized within black liberation movements, end quote. So basically, the leadership of BLM are proudly declaring to the world that their mission is to propagate every kind of debauchery and hedonism there is in conjunction with their mission to de-deify and dethrone God, as Marx stated his life's mission in the minds of every black person on the planet ensuring their ultimate destiny of eternal damnation in the everlasting fires of hell. Now that to me does not sound like they love black people. Three black women who openly, proudly, and repeatedly admit they all are trained Marxist organizers are the founders of BLM. Alicia Schwartz Garza, Patrice Cullors, and Opal Tometi. Not only have they admitted to being trained Marxist organizers, but at least one of them has admitted to being a practicing witch of a form of African spiritism called IFA, a.k.a. AFA, which, according to a Wikipedia article, is, quote, a Yoruba religion and system of divination, end quote, practiced for centuries in various nations and regions with African roots. Rituals and rites of this satanic religion is part of a category of pagan practices that some experts trace all the way back to the original Babylon, including necromancy, calling up and or communicating with the spirits of the dead, who they refer to as their departed ancient ancestors, and regard as godlike entities who remain alive in spirit form after the person's death. IFA has millions of adherents throughout the Western Hemisphere in particular. In, quote, the Americas, West Africa, and the Canary Islands in the form of a complex religious system and plays a critical role in the traditions of Santeria, Candomblé, Palo, Umbanda, Voodoo, and other Afro-American faiths, as well as in some traditional African religions, end quote. In one Zoom-like public conversation between Patrice Cullors and Dr. Melina Abdullah, who is also a co-founder of the Los Angeles chapter of the BLM organization, 
begins with colors confessing, quote, maybe I'm sharing too much, end quote. In other words, she's wondering out loud if she's revealing too much about the details of the pagan ceremonial rituals BLM members perform at their agitation venues. Continuing, but we become very intimate with the spirits that we call on regularly, right? Like, each one of them seems to have a different presence and personality. You know, I laugh a lot with Waukesha, you know, and I didn't meet her in her body, right? I met her through this work, end quote. Now, who is Waukesha? Well, colors is referring to Waukesha Wilson, who is a woman who died in police custody in 2016, who became another of BLM's martyrs, whose death they blamed on police abuse, organizing public protests in the aftermath of this incident as another example of social-slash-racial injustice toward blacks. So Patrice Cullors is referring to supposed conversations and connections she has and has had with the supposed departed spirit of Waukesha Wilson, which activity is the divinely condemned practice of necromancy or communication with the dead, a.k.a., quote, spirit summoning, end quote. Deuteronomy 18.9 through 14 makes it clear that these are divinely condemned practices that these people are practicing. Beginning in verse 9, it says, When you enter the land which the Lord your God gives you, you shall not learn to imitate the detestable things of those nations. There shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or his daughter pass through the fire, one who uses divination, one who practices witchcraft, or one who interprets omens or a sorcerer or one who casts a spell, or a medium, or a spiritist, or one who calls up the dead. For whoever does these things is detestable to the Lord. And because of these detestable things, the Lord your God will drive them out before you. You shall be blameless before the Lord your God. For those nations which you shall dispossess Listen to those who practice witchcraft and to diviners. But as for you, the Lord your God has not allowed you to do so. Patrice Cullors goes on in her video conference meeting with Abdullah to describe what they are actually doing at the protests they organize and how they are actually performing rituals of that particular quote-unquote tradition, she calls it, that she practices, which entails ancestral worship and necromancy, or the calling up of the spirits of the dead, and how she is possessed, directed, and motivated by those spirits. She begins, quote, it's a very important practice. Hashtags for us are way more than a hashtag. It is literally almost resurrecting spirits so that they can work through us so that we can get the work that we need to get done, done. I started to feel personally connected and responsible and accountable to them, says Colors, both from a deeply political place, but also from a deeply spiritual place. 
In my tradition, you offer things that your loved one who passed away would want. You know, whether it's like honey or tobacco, things like that. It's so important not just for us to be in direct relationship to our people who have passed, but for them to know that we've remembered them. And I believe so many of them work through us. Again, that's Patrice Cullors, one of the founders of the BLM movement, all talking about calling up of the spirits of the dead. Again, all this that Cullors describes is a part of the ritual performed in the calling up of the spirits, or ghosts, some people call them, of the dead in the form of African spiritism, that these two witches and presumably the other two founders and members of BLM practice. Now, Abdullah, whose birth name was Melina Rachel Ryman, according to a Wikipedia article on her, is the daughter of, quote, a union organizer and self-proclaimed Trotskyist, end quote. And, quote, her parental grandfather was Gunther Ryman, a Marxist economist and German communist who opposed the Nazi regime, end quote. In another audio clip, she goes into a fairly detailed description of what it is that BLM protesters are really engaged in at the protests they organize, which is the calling or conjuring up of the spirits of the dead, whose deaths they are protesting, despite the circumstances of those deaths. Quote, she says, when we come into the street and when we pray, you know, the first thing that we do when we hear of a murder is we come out and we pray. We pour libation. We built with the community where the person's life was stolen. And it took almost a year for me to realize that this movement is much more than a racial and social injustice movement. At its core, it's a spiritual movement, says Abdullah, because we are literally standing on spilled blood. Right? Yep, responds Colors. And then Abdullah goes on and says, and you can't pretend like that's work that's just like some organizing work. That's, you know, that's some serious stuff, right? End quote. Then she says, when we say the names, which is she's referring to what they do at these protests, they hold up signs and they speak to people over loudspeakers and they say, we say the names, right? They say, say the names, say the names, say the names, say their names, say her name, say his name. She's saying that when we say the names, right? So we speak their names. We say her name, speak their names. We do all that all the time that you can kind of invoke that spirit and those spirits become present with you, end quote. This is what Melina Abdullah believes. She's the founder of the L.A. chapter of the BLM movement. What we have in this conversation, folks, is one of the co-founders and chapter founder admitting that BLM is founded in and reliant upon pagan Satan worship and practices, including divination, witchcraft, 
and necromancy, channeling of demons, to guide and carry out the devious and destructive schemes and devices that the organization implements throughout the world to foment strife, division, hatred, murder, and more for the ultimate purpose of instituting Marxism and the utter annihilation of Marxism's arch enemy of capitalism. Safe to say that few, even the most ardent Bible students, would have ever in their wildest imaginations conceived a scenario in which such biblical prophecies as 1 Timothy 4, 1 through 2 would be fulfilled relative to the work of a political activist organization. That scripture says, and it's a prophecy of scripture, but the Spirit explicitly says that in the latter times, some will fall away from the faith, paying attention to deceitful spirits. Notice what it says. Paying attention. They'll be paying attention to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons by the means of the hypocrisy of liars seared in their own conscience with the branding iron. And that's exactly what's happening in these demonstrations. People are paying attention to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons that are being channeled through these leaders of these protests. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Real Truth. I'm Stephen Lambert. Please subscribe to the podcast, share with your friends, and visit realtruthradio.com to join our mailing list. Be sure to tune in to the next edition of The Real Truth. Until then, this is Stephen Lambert reminding you that with God, all things are possible, and all things work together for good to them who love God and are called according to His purpose.